The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. It is Monday, March 16th, and uh, we have a new collective bargaining agreement in place. You can listen to the details surrounding that on a smaller, inclusive pod, or just like, like a micro pod, if you will, uh, with former agent and good friend of the show, Joel Corey, as we break down everything you need to know about the new CBA, timing-wise, et cetera, et cetera. We will learn more, perhaps, uh, today. Maybe maybe it's already out there. We're recording this on Sunday, but uh, it's a Mock Draft Monday pod. We'll find out more about the start of the league year. It seems like things are to go right on course. We've already had a Ryan Tannehill Titans signing. They locked up the quarterback, former first-round pick with the Dolphins, to a long-term deal, a four-year mega contract. You can check out that in a separate podcast, a Tannehill emergency pod in our feed with the Super Friends. But today, a reminder, subscribe, rate, and review. Five-star, you can ask questions. Never too late to do it for free agents. Certainly never too late to do it for the draft. Maybe you got, you might even have more time for the draft. And we'll talk about that right now with Ryan Wilson, junior draft expert here at CBSSports.com. And, uh, and RJ White. Uh, are you a senior editor, RJ? Or are you just an editor at large? I am a senior editor. Oh yeah. He's Ryan, senior editor, I, junior I expert. That's right. I joke about that. Ryan is our actual NFL draft expert. Um, I highly recommend you follow him both on Twitter at Ryan Wilson CBS. He's got great draft takes and then at RJ White one to uh, get some sports line at picks there. So the coronavirus not slowing down. Hopefully it's slowing down. Hopefully our social distancing. See, you know, Ryan, you and I have been active social distancers for years. We've worked together for like 12 years and we've hung out like seven times. We've actually probably spent several months together. Yeah, no, we've spent a lot of time. Out of all the days. But uh, I'm much more of a social distancer than you. You like to go out and, and be on the town. And that's I'm, – I'm the anomaly much more so than other people. I think RJ is probably more like me than, than you in that uh, the fewer people we see, the better. For sure. I'm like, wait, wait, what are we doing? I was born for this. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah I know. Yes, Ryan's like not panicked about the, the coronavirus because he's like, oh, my God, I have to be locked in my house and don't talk to anybody for weeks and weeks. <laughs> okay, incredible. I'm glad society is finally embracing my norm as its core values. Um, but the coronavirus is likely – to affect the NFL draft, the NFL has prohibited all in-person pre-draft visits involving draft-eligible players to check out teams. They can, however, speak with prospects via telephone or video conference through the day prior to the 2020 NFL draft. Currently, April 23rd, 2020, my wife's 39th birthday. Um, and any of those phone or video chats must be reported to the player personnel department once it's finished. 
along with the call participants, date and time of the call, and total length of the call. This is a memo sent out to teams. Uh, teams can also schedule no more than three telephone or video conferences with an individual draft-eligible player per week, Sunday through Saturday. Each conversation, telephone, or video chat can last no longer than one hour. These meetings cannot be conducted during a time that interferes with a player's school schedule, as if players are going to school right now. Uh, what do you what do you think, Ryan? Is this a fair way to handle the lack of in person interviews that they have? You know, I was actually talking to a scout about this yesterday, just sort of shooting the bull and seeing what his situation was. I texted him a few days ago and he called me back, and he, he they're all home now. So he said he had the leaks on the memo a few days ago, and the you know the teams are at home. And I was asking him specifically about the thirty visits and also the pro days and the thirty visits. He he didn't care about. He he said. And Jim Nagy, the head of the Senior Bowl and former NFL scout for the Seahawks and Patriots, tweeted this out a few days ago that this may be better for NFL teams in the long run in terms of the players they're able to draft because a lot of times what happens on these 30 visits is that players come in that are that are doo-doo heads and can sell themselves in the course of a day and sort of erase all the bad things they've done previously. And then coaches fall in love with them when scouts have been saying for years, look, man, this guy's a bad news, leave him alone. And uh, this guy I was talking to yesterday said, yeah, that's actually probably a good thing. He he was never crazy about 30 visits. And um, sometimes guys who have good reputations come in and they're tired from traveling because they've been bouncing all over the country and they have a bad interview and that affects them uh, the other way. So at the end of the day, these 30 visits, I don't think they're as big a deal as maybe we initially thought they were. As for the, the pro days, this is sort of interesting because we don't know what's going to happen with these pro days. They're all been canceled. And. One of the fears the scout had was that uh, the draft right now is scheduled for April 23rd. We'll see what happens. But if these pro days all get pushed back to, say, the first week of April, April 5th to April 12th or whatever, and you have 50 pro days to attend, some guys are going to fall through the cracks that way because you can't attend every pro day. And the real losers in the pro day aren't the kids that go to the bowl games, or to like the senior bowl and the shrine bowl and the combine. It's the small school kids who have an opportunity to go to these pro days and sort of show off what they weren't able to show off because they weren't invited to these other things. And that's the concern, um, if you want to call it that. So, look, all the work is pretty much done. The medicals are, are obviously concerned with Tua, for example, and guys who are injured. But you know if a player is good or not at this point in the proceedings because you've been following him for two or three years in some instances. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. I think the big thing is when's the draft and uh, everything sort of reverse dominoes from from that date, I feel like. RJ, do you, um, do you think that, and Pete Prisker brought this up on the, on the show last week and he mentioned it on HQ, I think again, but there's a chance that like the, the analysis by paralysis will disappear for these teams and that they will make smarter picks. Or do you think it's more like the smarter teams will get a huge advantage in this draft because they're more prepared ahead of time? I would think it, it will flatten out a little more. Uh, you give, teams more of an avenue to do things and you know give them more of an opportunity to do things the advantage they already inherently have by being good organizations is just going to be that much more pronounced so if you take away the these things and you kind of say okay now everybody just has to go off of what we see on the tape maybe these other teams that talk themselves into moving guys up for no reason you know they avoid that so the the teams you typically see have a bad draft you know maybe we'll be at at the end of this draft saying you know what i actually think they had a pretty solid draft this year none of those crazy picks they sometimes make like you know Tyson Alu Alu in the number ten overall or whatever that was, you know, just things like that 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 stick out as bad picks. Um, yeah, or uh, the the Seahawks, like the computer sim is not going to have the Seahawks draft a running back in the first round this time, maybe. 
or even LJ Collier last year, which sort of they, they always take sort of random guys to, to get your. Well, Collier, I mean, he got he got banged up. He could always end up being an okay pick. Do you what do you you mentioned the timing, Ryan? Do you think what do you think? Are we gonna get? I mean, April twenty third. That feels so. The ma- <laughs> so I so the Masters has already been postponed, but not canceled. Now that was uh for April 9th, I think was when it was supposed to tee off, which means that basically, like guys were got to land in Augusta on private airplanes. Um, on like April 4th, and that means three weeks ahead of time, they were have to start prepping to get everything up and ready. So basically right now, I've heard, um, I'm not reporting this, but this is what I've heard, is that so like the, no, the Quail Hollow, the golf tournament at Quail Hollow in North Carolina um, is unlikely to be played on on its date, which is April 23rd. Like that was the tee date. So the, the tee time on April 23rd, first tee, you know, first round was scheduled then. Because, the, you know, the reality, just like the draft, is that, A, you have to come in. You can't just fly in on April 23rd. You know, it's not like everybody just drops into Vegas on April 23rd and, and kicks it up. Like you have to spend several weeks ahead of time prepping everything, setting everything up, getting transportation in place, getting security in place, building out these big high-rises, you know, not the high-rises, but the big platforms. They're going to have dudes on boats in the Bellagio Fountain. To me, Ryan, it seems almost impossible that they would carry on with the current plans at the current date. No, I'm with you. And I think um, there's no rush to announce it right now because the thing is still five weeks off, the draft. And you sort of see what unfolds in the next two weeks because it's uh, – uh, in terms of logistics, a lot has already taken place. And, look, let's be honest. This is about money. So they're not going to cancel it and – and, and lose out on the opportunity to make a lot more money. Uh, I mean, last year we were in Nashville. There were 600,000 people uh, on Broadway over that three-day span. That ain't happening this year on April 23rd. I mean, they moved the draft to the week before the start of the regular season, maybe. Uh, but they're, you know, it's not going to go into July. Or, 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 but, or you go June or July when it's just scorching hot and hope that that, like, the well, weather you has. July, because. You gonna do it like two weeks before the start of training camp? I mean, you have to end OTAs. I mean, are they gonna cancel OTAs? We don't know about that yet. So I, I feel like, you know, initially they'll probably push it back into May or something, and then try to reevaluate. But I know I, I would imagine they don't want to have to cancel this thing because of the uh, financial the financial uh, ramifications uh, of doing so. But right now we have no idea. There was a report yesterday on on the Twitter machine. Um, that they've already, the NFL's already talked about canceling it, but there have been other counter reports of that, so I don't think we know what's going on. RJ, what's the latest reasonable date that they could hold the NFL draft? Uh, I would think he'd probably early June. Um, you know, I think late May is probably reasonable to push it back, but, uh, if you're just talking about, you know, when's the last time we could do it, I'd say late June. People want to take their vacations too, you know, these guys have been working. You know, September, yeah. August sometimes, July sometimes, you know, all the way through up until now doing their draft prep. So you got to get that Brinson vacation out the way and, and, and be gone for a month, fly him to wherever. Uh, uh, so these guys can recharge and come back ready to go at the beginning of next season. No, that's your point. And vacation are we talking about? Hey, at least I don't take Labor Day off, pal. Uh, by the way, it, it, late June, it could be the Brinson Wilson birthday draft. That's right. Well, you know, are we already you got the NBA draft June 26th and June 27th, or usually in that span. That's my birthday, Ryan's birthday. For those that want to send us presents, um, one, two, three, Fake Street, Ryan's address. I'll send you mine. Just email me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think it's 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 tough. Like, do you? What do you think is more likely that they would try to push back the draft to hold it as it is in Vegas, or that they would say, you know what, this is silly. Let's just have a TV studio and we'll video conference everybody in 
during like on April 23rd, and we'll just do the draft as normal with Roger Goodell, et cetera, et cetera. I think we'll know more in two weeks because we'll have an idea of how explosive this coronavirus outbreak is going to be in two weeks because a lot of people people are saying I'm saying the people are saying things, but it seems like uh, some experts feel like we're following the path that Italy followed, and they're what three well, weeks. That's, that's, that's very bad if we're following the path of Italy. Correct, it's not great. <laughs> so, but, but I, well, I feel like we've done better with social distancing. Things, I feel like things are going to get worse before they get better. Again, none of us are medical professionals. I'm just based on what I read on the Internet, and we know the Internet's always right. So my point is that we'll find out in two I think two weeks is probably maybe a good starting point to see where we are as a country in two weeks in terms of this, the spread of this virus, and then maybe go from there. But I, I just feel like, again, no medical background, that this might get worse before it gets better in terms of the number of diagnosed cases and the, the way the curve looks in terms of the spread of it. Okay. Um, man. Didn't mean to alarm you. I know you're concerned. No, it's just it's a wild, uh, it's a wild world. Um, Ian Rappaport of NFL Media told NFL Total Access that while no changes to the program have been made yet, the NFL has been exploring quote contingency plans for days, uh, which could result in a draft being conducted by a conference call this year. You know, like I mean, no offense to Rap Sheet, but uh, maybe the NFL, NFL's the network that the NFL you know owns could just report what the NFL's thinking. <laughs> like maybe, like maybe, maybe somebody at the NFL could just tell them what they're thinking, and then like then we don't have to deal with the speculation and stuff. We don't need okay, we got we got a national crisis going on here. We don't need stuff being raised with the flagpole to find out, uh, you know, what's going on. Just tell us the business. Um, RJ, any chance that uh, the by the way, were you surprised? Were you well, actually so the XFL canceled their season? Were you thrilled that they canceled your season so you would end the year with like a ninety-seven percent winning percentage on your picks? And but were you surprised? I was. I almost thought Vince McMahon might push the envelope as far as he possibly could here with no other sports on. I mean, the XFL like FanDuel is running a Democratic debate. Like you can bet on like you not bet, but you can like do a DFS thing where it's like like for eighteen dollars like. You know, Biden will say this. And for like $3, they did, they ran this last night, I guess. But, um, like XFL would own the sports space if it was still going on. Well, yeah, but you got to be safe, you know, and part, I'm sure that part of the thinking into it is that he would have done games, the 80s with the with wrestling. One of these games was supposed to be in Seattle and already Seattle's taking precautions to, uh, to not have fans there, you know, even, even the early parts. That was kind of the first breaking stuff we got when we were waiting for other leagues to decide what to do is that Seattle ain't having people in their stadium, you know, so it kind of gave us a, a sign that uh, maybe that they were taking it seriously. And when you're kind of faced with that and you've already made that, that, that decision, it's easier to make the, the harder decision to just pull the games. And especially, I mean, they were what, one of the last ones to say that we were canceling it. So it's not like they stepped out and, and said, we're going to be leaders here. They, they, it was kind of the pressure was on them to be like, everybody else is doing the right thing. You got to do the right thing too. And, and they ultimately did. So credit to them. Yeah, it's a fair point. Um, by the way, Andy Slater pointed out on Twitter that, um, he's, he, Andy Slater of, uh, oh gosh, what's his radio show? I don't remember. Sorry, Andy. Um, and two things don't matter anyway, so go ahead. That's right, exactly. Uh, but he'd heard that like the NFL is telling its biggest hotels and stuff that there might not be, uh, you know, that they might be pulling back a little bit. I, I think ultimately that's. Pretty- I think that's a fair thing to say. Yeah. Uh, you may I mean, not see six hundred thousand people in Las Vegas over draft weekend like we saw last year in Nashville. Just a hunch. I just. All right, so let me. I mean, let me ask you this, Ryan. You're sent out to Vegas for the draft. There are going to be 200,000 people there. You are going to be set up on a stage near those people. Do you tell 
your boss, RJ, no dice, bro. Or do you say, let's do it? Uh, I mean, look, the, the issue, the bigger issue. We'll be fired if you get the wrong answer right now. The bigger issue is getting out there. I yeah. mean, how are you going to get out there? You take a, a, a horse and carriage? I mean, how are you getting? You know, you have to, no, no, no. Like, and I, I, like, if, if, I mean, look, if C, I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't go, but if CBS was like, you're going to the draft, buddy, I'd be like, I mean, I'd be fine doing it from home if you guys are fine with that. Like, I don't really have to get an airplane right now. I hear what you're saying, but yeah. uh, let me put it to you this way. Yeah, no, that'd be incredibly tough. Uh, I don't think that would happen, obviously, for any number of reasons. But um, we, we my, my stepbrother-in-law is a bachelor party in Wilmington next week, and I'm not. I'm like, I'm not going to that. What are you talking about? Like, I'm not. Is he going? Yeah, I, he's, he lives in Charleston. He drive up. I wouldn't go anyway because of work. You know, like we got to do our. Well, by the way, we're doing a. Um, I don't think I'm letting the cat out of the bag on this one. And I think it's still operating. We're doing, if you like the podcast and you love us, we're going to be doing a free agency recap show on CBS Sports HQ Monday, tonight, 9 p.m. It's going to be an hour long. And then uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, perhaps, 8 p.m. We'll see about Friday. So yeah, are, maybe, are, maybe simulcast on CBS Sports Network. We don't know. That was part of the issue last week because – uh, Yeah, they yeah, so look for that if you want to see me out handsome both Breach and Brinson in one place. <laughs> oh, RJ, one more question about the uh, XFL stuff. Do you think we'll see any XFL guys drafted? Philip Walker had a, uh, you know, obviously had a, you know, a great season until it was cut short by Corona. Uh, lots of other guys made impacts. Do you think teams will reach into the XFL ranks or sign, sign them, draft them, whatever? Yeah, I, I would, I would expect them. Um, no, you can't draft them because, uh, you know, they've, they've, They've joined a professional league at this point, so so they go. They essentially have already gone pro, so you can't draft them. But yeah, I, I mean, I would think PJ Walker is a legit earned a spot as a backup somewhere at least. You know, his his mobility plays into the thing. I don't think he was a he showed that he was like an impeccable passer or anything. But it, you can't ignore what they did against that competition in that offense. I think Jordan Tiamu could be a nice developmental quarterback for a run based attack. You know, put him behind a Lamar Jackson or one of those you know more run heavy offenses and get him in as a backup there. I don't see why not. He's still very young. I think he's 22. And then any team looking for receiver depth should be all over Cam Phillips because he just completely dominated the competition except for one game where he was shut down by apparently the uh, the uh, XFL's only shutdown corner, Josh Hawkins on Dallas. Um, so maybe give him a look too. But, I mean, these guys have proven that they have something to uh, contribute. So why wouldn't they bring him in, at, at least get signed you know, on these futures contracts and get him in camp and see what happens? So let, let me ask this question as I'm scrolling through Twitter. Have you guys been anywhere in the last 36 hours, like out and about? Uh, I went, yeah, I went to the store, um, and got a bunch of food, and a, bunch of booze, a bunch more booze. Um, I didn't feel comfortable and, uh, washed my hands a bunch. And then AK, my wife briefly took Robbie to a playground. And it was like, this is not a, but this is a bad idea. Did a heavy hand sanitation, brought him back, did a full bath. I scrubbed down the car. I mean, like, I, like, and we're not even <laughs> like, we're not even that, like, I mean, we're near some cases, but, um, yeah, no, not really car. Was Why? there was there anyone at the uh, – well, I'm just looking at – because, you know, the, if you watch – if you see on Twitter, people are actually going to bars and stuff, and I, I, I would assume that neither of you were doing that, but I was just curious how, how far – I would have got some beers on uh, on uh, Friday. Friday. Oh, look at that. I think I think Debo's eyebrows tell the story. I mean, you gotta, a man's got to live his life, Debo. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Man's got – I'm going crazy. I told you. Did you, did you see that um, Disney released Frozen 2 early on Disney Plus? 
Oh, I didn't know that. I'm now a they, Disney Plus subscriber, so I can. They, check they it out. dropped it on Saturday night. They dropped it three months early. Cool. Which and they framed it as like we're trying to help out parents. So it's like, yeah, you are. I mean, look, I'll credit to you. Like your, yeah, your subscriptions probably skyjacked when you did that. Yeah, they're. I mean, they're not doing it solely for humanitarian reasons. No, they're doing it for cash. So, so is there any way that uh, RJ has been uh, less visible to the public, or is it just no, business as normal for RJ? No, I, I, I've gone out to get, you know, get food. That's about it. Um, you know, just w- out and come back home. Uh, I did drive by the Publix. I saw that, um, they had signs out that said, you know, due to Corona, we're going to close at eight. You know, we're going to close early. And I'm scratching my head. I'm like, doesn't, don't you get less people in later? Wouldn't you want to be open later and spread out when people are in the store? Um, cause all, all you're doing is saying now you got to get in early. So between seven o'clock and eight o'clock, it's going to be packed and all those people are going to be so quote unquote socially gathered. So good job. Good job with that. Yeah. That doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. You're like, we're going to be open from the hour of 7 PM to 8 PM. Everybody come at once, get together and do it. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't, um, I mean, I don't think it's a big deal to like, like we went down to, I met somebody, uh, some friend, two friends that stayed a beer, uh, in Raleigh. And we, um, it's like an outdoor, it's like a, you know, it's, it's a bottle shop, uh, but there's like an outdoor seating area and we sat out there and had two beers and then went and got to go food and then went home. That's not social distancing. I mean, I, that, I don't think that's a violation of social distancing though. Sure it is. How many people were at the bar? If they breathed on you and you got it and then you passed it. Oh, no, no, no. We're outside. We're sitting nowhere near anybody else. Oh, you can't get it outside? I didn't hear that. There's nobody to breathe on me. Did you touch any services that were foreign? I mean, not after I bleached them. Uh-huh. All right. Just interesting. So, so have you left your house in 36 hours? Oh, no. Just because there's nothing. To, like, I have nowhere to be. I'm not going. My wife went to the grocery store last night with my 12-year-old. So what I did Whoa, yesterday. Oh, your wife took your kid to the grocery store? I said, listen, if they start beating her up for the last loaf of bread, just make sure you stick up for her because I wasn't going to do that. So, yeah, he, he was the bodyguard. How long were they gone? Yeah, 45 minutes. And to RJ's point, they went like at 8.30 to 9.30 at night. They didn't go. They, they, the grocery store was still open. Wegmans. I put myself at risk. You put uh, you put your family at risk is what you're saying. Yeah. You got that right, buddy. <laughs> this man's got to live his life, I guess. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we'll talk about Ryan's three-round mock draft. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Or maybe it'll be one of 45 mock drafts that Ryan has to do. In fact, if they push the draft back, RJ, can you confirm that you will have Ryan do more mock drafts if they push the, the draft back? Yeah, I haven't breached this with, so, with him, so it might be breaking news here, but we're, we're looking he's to get a, him up. He's aware. We're looking, 
we're looking to get him up to one mock draft a day, Monday through Friday, if he can do that. <laughs> I want to get 100 mock drafts in the calendar year. That's my goal. And, like, by the third day, they're like, Ryan, you keep turning in the same mock over and over again. So, like, that's not going to fly, pal. So, yeah. I mean, usually 33. I think he did 33 mock drafts last year. Conceivably, we could be up to 40 this year. So, we'll see what happens. Uh, all right. You have, wow, in your latest mock draft titled, Colts trade up for QB. Eagles and Bills get aggressive for wide receivers in frenetic first round. It's some, uh, some early 2010s blogging head, like frenetic first round. Although maybe RJ titled it for you. Um, well, the ironic thing is you're actually reading my mock draft. That's, that's what I titled it. RJ's mock. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's is. I was like, there's no way he did the same thing that I did in my mock. Oh, sorry. Ryan's is four dolphins do things. Yep. Not quite the same, uh, same pop to it. No, sorry. Yeah. You have a uh, buyer beware on Jordan Love, T. Higgins, and these other top prospects. That's your mock draft. I can't tell with these titles. Oh, that's just something I wrote last week. Uh, just about look at, I mean, Devo's like, this guy is so ill prepared. I'll take funny. some blame. I'll take blame on that. I'm just throwing things in there. <laughs> so I wrote that last week about some potential guys who could go in the first round who may come with a warning label because, um, you know, like, uh, Rashad Penny, for example. Do you want to draft? No one was actually saying he was going the first round until the Seahawks took him. But now that you go, oh, that wasn't a great pick to take as a first rounder. So those are some of the guys I was looking at. Well, what prospects are you worried about? Jordan Love, T. Higgins, and who else? I don't know. I wrote that thing three days ago. Who else is on? Oh, there? so who's not prepared now? Because you wrote it, but you don't remember it three days later. I'll tell you who it was. It was T. Higgins, Jordan Love, A.J. Epinesa. Yep. And, uh, Lavishka Chenault. What's yeah, up? We know, well, we know why Higgins is slow. He ran really slow at his pro day. That's right. Um, Jordan Love. I wrote that before the pro day, so that, that was my concern. He ran a 4-5-3, I think, so. What's your concern about, and Chenault's obvious. He had core muscle surgery. What's your concern with Epinesa? Uh, he ran a really slow 40 time, oh, a 5-1, I think, 5-1-8 maybe, and he benched 225 17 times. If you're 6-5, 275, you can't do that. And I don't know if it's on this podcast or on radio or somewhere. I, I, we spoke with him at the Combine, and he said, look, I sort of compare myself in terms of the way I'd like to play to J.J. Watt. And he wasn't saying I am J.J. Watt, but he's – J.J. Watt was 6'5", 290, I think. J.J. Watt ran a 4'8", and put up 225, 34 times. So clearly better athlete. So um, he just has to improve on that. And, it, you know, this is actually one of the concerns in terms of the pro day. Um, he needs a pro day to prove that he can run faster and that he's somehow stronger. And um, – Another thing that the scout told me, he said, look, you can watch, they can video the pro days if the scouts aren't there, if it's a closed session, but we're not trusting anything in terms of measurements, height, weight, and um, speed because we're not doing it, even though, you know, if you set up a laser, it's a laser, but, you know, they yeah, feel. But they, they, yeah, but these, every time with these pro days, these guys come out and it's like 4-3, yeah. it's like he ran a four two seven at the spring practice. It's like, no, he didn't. Oh. Like, like they, yeah. Like, they want to be there. And, um. An agent I was was talking to said, "Is there maybe there's some way to verify it with an old school scout who lives locally? He can go. So there are a bunch of logistical headaches that you have to sort of clear. And for AJ Epinesa, he would like to be able to run faster and, and prove that he's stronger. But when is he going to be able to do that? That's that's one of the interesting things about this process with the coronavirus thing going on is that like if your stock is currently up, you're in great shape. Yep. Like it's going to be hard for you. You just be like, ah, I'm not doing the pro day. Like, ah, like I'm not going to do the workout. So the Pro days were canceled literally the day after the the Clemson pro day. Yeah. If T. Higgins was not allowed to run, and we didn't know he was a four five three guy, maybe he goes higher than what he now is gonna go. I mean, it's pretty rare when your pro day hurts you, and his pro day hurt him. Yeah, it didn't help because he didn't test out athletically well in terms of the 
uh, the vert either. I believe. I think his long jump wasn't great. But if he, he maybe he should have pulled a hammy, quote unquote, and, hmm. and just waited it out. Said he had Corona. RJ, in this mock that Ryan did, he's got Tua falling to number six. As an editor, were you comfortable letting that happen? Do you just have to kind of let Ryan do what he wants? What's the what's the reaction to that? Yeah, I tried to get him to change it, and he 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 threatened me, and he said, "We're leaving us the way it is." And I was like, "Okay, you're the boss." Uh, no, I think I think it's it's realistic to say Tua falls to six. We just don't know what his medicals look like. You know, we can speculate all we want, and all these reports come out that say, "Oh, everything's as good as it could possibly be," but you know, who are those coming from? We we pretty pretty can uh can uh, assume that it's going to be coming from his side. You know, it's not like these teams are releasing that. So, um, cause if a team wanted, really likes him, you know, why are they going to say that they want to get him at their spot without having to trade up? So, um, I, I don't know, you know, without having privy to his medical, you know, information or inside knowledge of that, we just don't know what he could go. He could go at three. He could go at 30. He could go at, you know, undrafted if, if the medicals are so bad, you know, you just don't know. So, um, if you want to say he's going to go six instead of five, I don't think that's, that's anything to get too uptight about. Here, let me ask both of you guys. Undrafted. Let me ask you this. So they have six picks in the first three rounds the Dolphins do, and here's what I have them taking, and tell me if you would be okay with this without Tua being a part of the conversation. So they take Jeff Okuda, the cornerback at number five. They get Jordan Love at 18, um, and they get J.K. Dobbins, the running back, at the bottom of the first round. Then they circle back and get well, – just wait. Listen to that. So that's just the hall. Ezra Cleveland is the left tackle out of Boise State, who's pretty athletic people like. Robert Hunt is going to be uh, an interior guy. Uh, offensive lineman, and then Jeremy Chin is a uh, sort of strong safety linebacker slash type guy. So that feels like a pretty good draft haul. I mean, you could actually, if you don't feel comfortable with J.K. Dobbins at the bottom of the first, you could swap him with Ezra Cleveland, who maybe gets into the first round and J.K. Dobbins falls to the top of the second. But the point remains, they get Jordan Love, they get uh, the best cornerback in the draft, and they get three offensive linemen to surround them around to, to, to protect Jordan Love. If they come out... I mean, I guess it depends on how you feel about Jordan Love. And Jordan Love at 18 is potentially a steal. So I, I don't really have a problem with that. But I just don't know how I feel about like Jordan Love at 18 and then a running back. Even if you get Jeffrey Okuda, I feel like you can get three blue chippers with those picks. And so I, I just don't know if I love that. Yeah, that's fine. RJ? Yeah, I, I don't love Dobbins there. I, I, I don't know that he's the top running back. I don't think when you have those two picks you, in the second round, you can obviously wait for a running back um, or, you know, those, those later picks. So I would take advantage of that. I don't think Jordan Love makes it there. I think the buzz on him was enough that he's not going to – if they want him and they're not going to draft him at five, they'd have to trade up from 18 to get him. And then so what are they losing in that trade up? And then you t- take that that third pick of J.K. Dobbins. I mean, yeah, there's other guys you can get. Maybe you go with a uh, um, uh, Epinesa, who you said go to the second round and just hope that he's better than what he tested at the Combine or those type of players maybe bring in a tackle. Or at 18, you go Josh Jones since you probably know he's probably not going to get there to 26. And then you go from there if you can't have Jordan Love. So, I mean, the thing about the Dolphins is with all these picks, there's all sorts of scenarios you can play out in your mind. There's It's really infinite possibilities for what you do with the Dolphins picks at this point. Hey, by the way, quickly, um, before everything shut down, the Dolphins had Jordan Love in to visit. I don't know if that's a smokescreen or if they truly are in love with Jordan. And they also, according to our buddy Adam Beasley, the Miami Herald, appear to like J.K. Dobbins as well. That doesn't mean they're going to draft him in the bottom of the first round. They can certainly take him in the second round, as, as uh, R.J. points out. But um, that was part of my thinking while, why I included two of those guys. No, that's fine. Um, Thanks. Let's let's talk about uh, By the way, Debo, I don't know if you saw it. He, um, he like, held up his new watch because we didn't ask him about, it, like, what kind of watch he got. Like, was it an Apple watch? He, like, held it up. as like checking his time. <laughs> Someone uh, texted a, a false report about the league year getting suspended, so I was very concerned. Ooh, who texted? Who texted you that? An irresponsible CBS Sports HQ producer. 
anonymous at this point. Give us a first name. You don't have to give us a last name. Andrew. Oh, come on. Andrew, not B. Oh, buddy? by the way, uh, this won't be news by the time you hear this, but Adam Schefter just tweeted out. Sure, multiple- so, you, see, I already saw it. You don't have to. All right. Well, you, should we not talk about it? Well, it's, it's. It won't matter. Okay. It's a day old. It's a day old. The league year probably starting on time. More importantly for this conversation, Tua Tongue O Vialoa. Did I do that right? I did that right. No, too many what? of us at the end. You had it right until the very end. Tongue Vialoa? Tongo Vialoa. That's what I said. Tongo Vialoa. I said Vialoa. You always throw an extra syllable in near the end. You know viola! the instrument. Yeah, you do. The the instrument, the viola. I mean, that's all you got to think is is that viola. viola. You say vialoa is what yeah, you always say. Um, there's 333 hours of recorded me like trying to say his last name. We're just gonna give up at some point. Uh, so I like this little game that Debo put out here. Let's do a on a scale of one to ten. I'm gonna say a scenario, and then you will alternate with you guys, Ryan. You go first. I will say a scenario. You tell me one to, one being extremely unlikely, ten being very likely. What how, does this scenario with Tua happen? Ryan, the Redskins decide he's too good to pass up on, even though they have Haskins, and take Tua at number two. One. It's not going to happen. I think it's a smokescreen by Ron Rivera and whoever the GM's name is who has not been announced. What's his name again? Uh, there's no GM right now. Oh, I thought you knew, you knew his name a couple weeks ago. But anyway, um, I, I think it's a smoke screen. Yes. Uh, again, <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> um, and I think that, again, RJ just talked about this. We don't know to his health. And it would be extremely idiotic to draft quarterbacks in back-to-back drafts when you're the Redskins. The Cardinals obviously are, did it a year ago, but they're in better shape, I feel like, than the Redskins. And if you're not taking – Chase Young, you need to trade down to get a ton of picks and, and restock that roster. You don't need to draft Tua number two and then have his career end after 18 months. It's Kyle Smith, excuse me, and Jeff Scott is one of their directors. So my apologies, Kyle. Um, number, all right, RJ, I got a scenario for you. Another team trades up to number two with the Redskins and takes Tua one to ten. Uh, I'd put it at a two um, because that team trading up is going to have to give up a lot to get up to number two. And at that point, you have to be completely satisfied with his health. Now, is there going to be a team that can get satisfied between now and when the draft happens with his health? I don't think you can you can be completely satisfied. I think you take him if he's there. I think you maybe trade a little bit to get him. But for what it's going to cost to get to two, I don't think any team's going to do it. Dolphins aren't going to just, you know, empty their treasure trope of picks to get up there. And the Redskins, you know, they had to uh, lose all those picks to get up for RG3 back in the day. So they're going to want that type of deal to move down, and nobody's going to give it to them. I, I think the, the RG3 thing is spot on. I, I've sort of been alluding to that, but, like, if you're Dan Snyder, you're not going to give up that number two spot for, like, you're just going to be like, look, give us the RG3 package. Uh, all right, Ryan, 1 to 10, another team trades with the Lions to get him at number three. Obviously, in this scenario, Burrow, Joe Burrow, then Chase Young, 1 to 2. Two is healthy. I think it's like a 8. If Tua, we don't know anything. We don't know any more than we know now about Tua. I think it's like a two. Lions would love to trade down. Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia are on the old hot seat, and they got to win. So you win by getting more players. So I think they would love to get out of that spot. I mean, they have Matthew Stafford there and taking a quarterback. But again, it all comes down to Tua's health. If he's healthy, I think there will be suitors there, starting with the Dolphins. The Chargers historically don't move around a lot. I think actually RJ said that on the podcast a while ago. But maybe they feel differently now that they don't have a quarterback beyond Tyrod Taylor. Speaking of teams who don't move around a lot, 
one to ten, another team trades with Dave Gettleman of the New York Giants to take two at number four. RJ, uh, I would say three. I think it makes <laughs> sense to to make that trade. I just don't think that they will. The reason I have three instead of one is because the Dolphins could give them you know a couple picks to move up, like the uh, like the Trubisky trade. And I think the Giants would be a little more comfortable doing that, knowing that the Dolphins are going to come up and get Tua, and they'll get whoever they were going to take it for anyway. So maybe that's a little bit more appealing to them. I don't think he's going to move down significantly um, if he does trade. So, uh, yeah, probably a three for me just with that Dolphin situation, a possibility. Otherwise, they're going to sit there and take their guy. You basically try and bluff. Dave Gettleman tries to bluff uh... – Chris Greer and the, and the Dolphins into believing there's somebody else coming up. I would imagine that Dave Gettleman is the worst poker player in history. Yeah. <laughs> these aces, I mean, these are Hall of Fame aces. I don't know what to tell you. Gettleman's, uh, the, Gettleman's the guy that's going to argue with you, you know, for an hour that his two pair beats your three of a kind because he doesn't realize <laughs> what the, the rules do. But, like, I, I needed four cards to make this. You only needed three. How do I lose this? <laughs> it's a tie. We both have two pairs. Like, I have aces and eights. You have fours and twos. Dolphins take him at number five, Ryan, one to ten. That feels like the best-case scenario. Maybe seven. Again, caveat to his health. If he falls to five and they were tanking for two of the whole year and you get him there, boom, uh, you know, mission accomplished. Uh, I think they would be very interested in that scenario, even though I didn't have that playing out in my latest three-round mock draft. RJ, one to ten, the Dolphins <laughs> eye another quarterback and trade out of five to let somebody else get to a – or whatever else, and move back and get Jordan Love or Justin Herbert? I would put it relatively low. I would say probably like a two, just because I think that it is a possibility that they could eye another quarterback and they could decide they don't want to deal with the two at risk and, and want to get Herbert. But why trade down? They have, what, 14 picks in this draft? I mean, they have, they're making most of the picks in this draft already. And at some point, you know, you're not going to be able to put these guys on the roster. I know their roster is terrible. They have all this room to add talent. But, you know, what are you going to do with these guys, these picks that you're making? Unless you're going to get like, 2021 picks 2022 picks to move down um maybe that's the case but it just doesn't make sense to me they already have so many picks they have so many premium picks i think six in the top 70 so um just sit there and take the guy that you want don't risk losing him if you move down to like nine or ten or eleven or wherever you would go in this situation all right uh one to ten ryan the uh dolphins don't even draft to a don't even trade down just let him go past him at five i think there's a like five Five out of ten. I think if they truly are in love with Jordan Love, I said in the mock draft that he's going 18, but they just take him at five and not have to worry about it um, and move on to other needs, offensive line, edge rusher. Well, I think it's a Daniel Jones type of situation. Like if if he if you think he's the guy, you yep. can't, you know, you Why can't not? mess around. You take him at five and don't worry about, like, you can't hope he's there at 18. And people will be less upset at taking him at five than they were last year with the Daniel Jones Giants. That's- Six. Is that almost the? Didn't the Giants have six and eighteen last year? They had six, seventeen, six and seventeen. So, but it's like basically the same. It's I mean, it's like it's a very similar situation with much different expectations. I feel like if they took Jordan Love, if I don't think people would care about that. Yeah, I think after the combine, there's an expectation that he's going to go in the top ten. So I don't think it's going to going to throw everybody for a loop if you take him there. Daniel Jones, I think a lot of people expected he would be there at 17 if they didn't take him at six. But also the Giants, and like this is part of being an NFL GM, and it's it's a shame, but like you still got to deal with it. Like 
Dave Gettleman, if he thought he was taking Daniel Jones in the top ten, maybe he wanted to pe- keep people off the scent to take, you know, like, like a mission accomplished, pal. But like, if, like, you do sort of want to leak it out a little bit coming up, like, hey, D- Daniel Jones might go, like, there's buzz and he might be, you know, a top ten pick. Like, he's worthy of a top ten pick. I guess you don't want people to jump on him or people to try to beat you to him, but it felt like he was playing poker against himself. Uh, <laughs> like, hey, hey, Dave, my two pair beat your two pair. Uh, RJ, last one. One to ten. Chances he goes undrafted. Uh, I said that earlier. It's just it's a one. I mean, it just depends. Everything we're hearing about the medical so far has been positive, so it, it seems like somebody would take him. But yeah, undrafted one or zero. You know, it's just. But you know, who knows? Maybe there's some kind of med, maybe they get uh, the coronavirus handled and they can do medical rechecks and and something comes up and all of a sudden we're like, oh, you know, uh, he's not as good of a long term prospect as we thought. So that's just me speculating. I don't have any knowledge about that. Uh, but to go completely undrafted seems very unlikely. Is there a chance that he won't be able to get? I didn't even think about that. Like, I mean, like I've made a couple of points about this corona thing and like I don't want to you know, belabor. I don't want to belabor it. But like, if I'm Tom Brady and I'm contemplating changing teams like i'm not i'm not moving i'm not moving houses right now like i'm not having someone else touch all my houses. what's that he's got four houses he's fine yeah but like you're not like going like if he, he doesn't have a house in nashville like i mean i know he, you know, ryan tannehill signed so that's not a big deal but like he doesn't have a house in tampa yeah, yeah, but in this case, in this part of the offseason, you're you're not expecting, you know, if you're trying to woo Tom Brady, you're not saying, and we need you to ha- have you in the building starting on Monday. You know, they say, listen, if you sign with us, take care of your family and take care of the moving when you can. Just be here by July or whatever the, the date is going to be. So I don't think that's a, that's a deal breaker for anyone. Okay, I'm just saying, I'm. You get him a John Madden bus. He just lives on the bus or a John Daly bus, even. That's even that's worse. That's more like social. That's less social distance. You got somebody got to drive the bus. I'm, you're, if I'm if if you're Tom Brady, Rich, it's a lot easier to handle social distancing. You got an in-house chef with like forty pounds of freaking avocados. You're not going to you're not spreading out to the store to get an avocado that you know forty people have been touching every three seconds. It's a lot easier to handle everything when you're Tom Brady, Rich. Yeah, sure is. Yeah, that's why the the John Madden bus makes sense. It's not dangerous. Well, if you're driver, anyway. Um, what is wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Feels like you're t- you're just laughing at this whole thing. Not you're going out of the bar, rubbing your face on the tables. I was wearing a I was wearing a uh, containment suit. <laughs> <laughs> why is this guy in a hazmat suit at the bar? Oh, that's Will Brinson. Don't worry about him. Don't worry about it, folks. All right, let's get out of here. Great stuff. We're back next Monday, Mock Draft Monday. Uh, Make sure and check out, again, check out our show on CBS Sports HQ, cbssports.com slash live, or on your uh, phone. Uh, You can fire up the CBS Sports app. You can watch it on your Apple TV, Roku, Amazon, Fire TV, wherever you get your CBS Sports app, you can check it out. 9 p.m. on Monday, 8 p.m. the rest of the week. And um, we'll be back with tons of podcasts. It sounds like for you. We should be full bore this week, and that means lots of emergency podcasts, lots of free agency recap. Thanks for listening. Talk to you guys next week.